Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. You hit the spot. The place where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Put your thinking caps on, because the conversation starts now. Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. You're back at the spot, your favorite podcast on the planet. The place where the conversations are pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Today, we have Rosalind Phillips from Australia. This is a very uh, mature woman. She's very smart. She's very heady. She's very loving. She's endured a lot. Now, she was once homeless but now she's happy. She has over 50 years of experience as a therapist. What does that look like? She can really resonate with people. She's also a survivor of domestic violence. So we're gonna talk to her about that and some fun facts as well. Let's welcome her to the show. How are you, Roz? I'm really well, thank you. Oh, I'm so glad to have you. What is that in the background? It's not a, it, that's not a sun catcher. It's hanging on your shelf right there. Did you do that? Is that macrame? It is macram- macrame and I didn't do it. No, I'm not that talented. <laughs> oh, I remember macrame. That was all the rave once upon a time. People were doing it. That's beautiful. Thank you. That's beautiful. So tell us a little bit about your story, your journey and how you show up in the world. Well, I was um, 10 years old when uh, our family separated. Mum and Dad split and left me and an eight-year-old brother to just fend for ourselves. Um, So we ended up homeless for two years until I was about 16 and he was 14. And then... Okay, wait, wait, um, let me me just stop you there. When you say they left you to fend for yourself, I mean literally abandoned you? Yes. Yeah. We both got home from school one day and they were both gone. Was there problems in the family leading up to that? And I'm just trying to, to, to texturize this for people. Was there drugs, yeah. alcohol? Was there abuse? Yeah, there was um, alcohol. My father was an alcoholic and he was very abusive physically and emotionally. And he was an ex-boxer. So, you know, when he was hitting my mom or hitting myself, it was very dangerous um, and most of the time I would you know, scramble to my room and just hide under the bed because I couldn't deal with the screams and, you know, just the things that were going on. And mum left first and then dad um, followed because he didn't want to take care of my brother and myself. Did your mother give any indication that she was leaving? I mean, just... No, no, she was never worked. So she was always at home and every afternoon she was there when we got home. Um, And this particular day, we were both a bit surprised because she wasn't there. So we just waited and waited in the lounge room and um, dad came home around, I don't know, five o'clock. And he said, where's your mum? We went, we don't know. And then he thought we were lying. So chaos started and he left that evening and then came back again. Um, and then it was about a week later, he wasn't, he's gone as well. Did you have grandparents? No. Um, my grandmother um, died like just before I can't remember the age, but I did remember her. We do have a very big family. However, no one either knew what was going on 
or didn't contact us to see if we needed support. So we just started, um, you know, looking after ourselves. And so um, you still had you still had to go to school. You had to yes. get groceries. You had, so how did you well, feel? Groceries was a bit hard because we didn't have money. Um, so my brother used to go out late at night, and in the, back in those days, the um, the milk money was left under the bottle on the porch, and so he would steal enough for us to get food each day, which you know it was pretty. Um, I guess nowadays it would be seen as like looked upon as wow, you know, that's stealing. But we were desperate and we only took enough so that we could have food each day. You had, you had to survive. There's no there's no shame associated yeah. with that. So yeah. fast forward, how did you find resilience? Did did someone come in, social service, find out that no. you were alone? No. We we were too frightened to involve any authorities because we were read. Um, everything that happens in the home stays in the home and we were terrified of being separated we didn't know a lot about how society worked um, so we kept going to school um, I got to year 10 and then I had to leave so I could get a job because it just got too hard and my brother unfortunately he left when he was 14 years old so he didn't have you know the the good schooling and unfortunately he became a heroin addict so, yeah. Where is brother now? He lives um, south of Sydney in New South Wales and he's doing quite well now. Is he? Um, yeah, we're, we're very close. Um, it's just one of those things that I went down a different path. I, I guess I could have done the same thing, but after seeing what my dad had done, I never wanted to have anything to do with drugs or alcohol. Wow. Well, bravo for your resilience. Uh, thank the universe for shining a light on you. Have you ever reconnected with your mom or your dad? No, my dad died when I was 19. Um, I had to go and identify his body because I was the oldest sibling. And my mom, I never reconnected with. Um, she would be 86 now. And I believe she's in a nursing home with severe dementia. Wow. That's, that's one harrowing story that really is of survival. So fast forward, uh, you went into the field of psychology, I guess, you know, and I, I'm not assuming, but I know that there's a lot of people that are traumatized and they yeah. go in that direction because it's a way of identifying, opening up, but also healing. Is that why you chose yes. psychology? Yes, it was. I, um, I started working with homeless youth and I loved it because I could relate to them. I knew what it was like. And they were pregnant girls that were 14 upwards and they were kicked out of home because they were pregnant. So I would help them and their partners to either, you know, make a decision. Do you want to keep the child? Do you want to adopt it out? Do you want to have an abortion? Whatever way they wanted to go. And then I would support them with education and find childcare for them to go back to school. So I did that for five years and that was the pinnacle of my career. It was so rewarding and it was just to give back. Well, that is huge um, because young people need support. And mm. Brave, let, let me say this. It's none of my business, okay, how you raise your children. But the worst thing you can do is your child you put them out on the street because they've had a sexual indiscretion and they've gotten pregnant. Get them help. You know, if, if, if living with that and looking at that 
is traumatizing for you, I get it. But find them some support. It's a baby raising a baby. You don't know what you don't know. And to put a child out on the street is difficult. For a young woman to have to give up a child um, by abortion, that's traumatizing for the rest of their life. To be able to have to give your child up for adoption and not have any connection with them is traumatizing. So please, you know, dial back, take that into consideration, handle it with love. Handle is how you would want someone. I know you're going to go off and you're going to scream and holler and all that. But once you get through that emotional a part of it, really look at the compassion part of it. So yeah. you moved from working with at-risk youth and then where'd you go in your career? I then um, did a teaching degree. So I was teaching at TAFE, again, teaching um, young teenagers um, then from there, I moved from Wollongong in New South Wales to Queensland after I'd had my family and, you know, so I've been living on the Gold Coast um, now for 24 years. Mm. Um, but, you know, eventually I married my first husband when I was, uh, I met him when I was 16, got married when I was 19 and had my first son at 19 and he was born with a severe disability. So, again, that was like a bit of a shock because I had never heard of anything about disabilities or wow. anything like that. And my first husband was very abusive. Um, I He almost killed me within an inch of my life, and that's when I left. When I came out of the hospital, I didn't return. Have you and taken a self-defense course now? Do you know how to kick somebody's butt to defend yourself? <laughs> You don't want to do it, but you know what? What do you do when somebody's wailing at you? And you saw that for so many years with yeah. your mom, you know, and then yeah. it starts to happen to you. What goes off in your brain? What 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 triggers that? What what goes on? Uh, you know, when I first met him, I thought he was the most beautiful man, and I always told myself I would never marry anybody that you know was a drinker or was using drugs. And when my son was born, um, he was about, I think, nine months old. We were actually raided by the police and I didn't know what was going on. And my husband was a, a dealer of heroin. So um, he hid that very well. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was um, a lot of anger, hatred. And then when I left him, he tried to hurt me through hurting my son. And so that was, that was where my strength came from. My son was my world, my life, and I would not allow anybody to try and, you know, hurt him the way that he was hurt when he was young. Wow. That is a lot. That is a lot to unpack. Yeah, it was. Where is his father at now? He died when my son was 15. Um, so... That was a blessing in disguise. Not that I speak ill of the dead, but we needed that break. Yeah, that's that's a lot. So fast forward, where did you go after that? After that, I um, started teaching people that have had um, disabilities and need to go back to work and retrain. So they may have had a limb taken off or you know some sort of injury. So I started working with them and then helping them to find work. So I would ring employers and 
promote the client that I'd worked with and did trauma therapy with. And then I'd go and meet with them with the client and help them to get back into the workplace. I did that for 12 years. So you have worked with disadvantaged youth. You've worked with abused individuals. You've worked with special needs population. Yeah. What is your why? Now, I know that you want to give back, but really what joy does this bring you? What, what makes you feel fulfilled through all of this? Because again, and I'm just looking at it from an observer's point of view, some people could say that all of this work is re-traumatizing because you mm-hmm. keep reliving experiences from your past. What gets you over the hump? What gets you over the hurdle? So I had many years, my spirituality and my belief in the universe, I believe, was kept me totally safe. And, you know, I was looked after by them even when I was a child. That faith has kept me going. And when I'm working with a client, I've had like a lot of in-depth therapy myself. So the triggers are still there, but they're not attached. There's no emotional attachment to them anymore. So I'm able to give the clients all my attention, my energy, the energy exchange that we have. And the most I get out of my work is when I see someone come in that is so broken and traumatized and I see them go through that to the end of their journey and then they succeed in whatever they want to do. That's, that's my goal in life is to just support people that need the support because I didn't have it growing up and I know what that's like and I know I'm only one person but if I can just help one person's lives or many at least I'm contributing to you know making people feel happy and allowing them to relive and take their journey to a different destination that's more positive for them. Well that's good. Now how did you what sort of modalities what helped you um, deal with this and cope with it? Was it like hypnotherapy, psychotherapy, talk therapy, Reiki, emotional freedom technique? What type of modalities did you put yourself through to be able to stabilize? All of the above that you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. I do Reiki once a month. Um, I have do a lot of cognitive behavior therapy. I've done rapid eye movement therapy. Um, the latest one that I did was... What is, wait, stop right there. What is rapid eye therapy? What is that? So when you're traumatized, behind the eye, it takes um, like a snapshot. And so when you're being triggered, you're revisiting and that brings up everything from behind the eye, the memory. Wow. And so what they do is they change that by using their fingers and moving it around certain places. And you decide what you want to change that feeling to. So it's a more positive feeling. And so then you just do that, create a positive, because the brain can't have a positive and a negative at the same time. So the eyes are moving all the time in different directions, and it's reframing the mind and the body. Really? I've never heard of that. And I've done, yeah. I've done the inner child. I've done the, the, uh, the shadow work, the breath work, the mirror work. Yeah. There are so many things that you can try brains outside of medication. And if you need medication, get that under doctor's care. But there Mm -hmm. are so many different healing modalities and it's trial and error. Everything is not going to resonate with everyone, but at least try them. And then you have all of these tools in your toolbox. You also have written a book. Tell us about that. 
Um, I wrote the book last year, um, launched it in October. Let's see it. Um, wow, the night before. And that's because it was the night before we were left on our own. Um, and my healing hands and the butterfly represents my grandfather who passed away. And when he passed away, a butterfly landed on my shoulder. So it was a sign for me that I knew he was okay. Wow. Okay. You are going to grace us with an excerpt of the book. Tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about it. Um, so it's based on the first 16 to 22 years, from 10 to now. Um, and it just goes into my journey about how we overcome things, how I um, read my son. Um, my son has been, you know, through a lot of abuse. Um, but he's such a soldier. He keeps going. He's 47 and functions at a 12-year-old, but he's just an amazing young man. Um, so I'd like to just maybe go for, from the beginning. Um, it was a chilly day one winter's afternoon. I arrived home from school to an empty home. I waited for my younger brother to arrive home to ask if he knew where our parents were. When he arrived home, I asked, did mum tell you she was going to be home? His reply was, no, why? I replied to him, she's not home and neither is dad. We both waited for a brief period and then went to a neighbor's home to ask if mum had been there. I asked if they knew where mum was as she's not home. The lady residing there said she did not know where mum was and she had not seen her all day. I went back to the house and went into the bedroom of my parents to find that my mother's clothes were gone. Feeling very scared, shocked and overwhelmed, my brother and I looked at each other very confused. Our mother had never been home when we arrived home from school. A brief time later, our father arrived home from the local pub where he spent most of his afternoon when he finished work. We sat looking at each other and our father inquired, where's your mother? We both replied, we don't know. Our father responded, asking, do you mean you, you do not know? We sat quietly and terrified as went to the bedroom and then yelled at both my brother and I, where is she? We both replied once again that we do not know. Eventually, he left. Later that evening, we came out of our rooms for dinner and tried to discuss with him what was happening. He had no answers for us. After dinner, we both went to our room so confused and believed our mother would be back the following day. Unfortunately, that day never came. Wow. Re reflecting on my abuse, abuse of childhood, and with those words ringing in my ears, well, how do I know if she's mine? I recall how devastated I was those words rang through my head like a broken record that would not turn off. This statement was a statement I could never understand. I remember it felt like my entire world had just crumbled and I felt such a devastating level of shock, anger and was so emotional. I was unable to function. I found it exceedingly difficult to make friends as I was never sure what was going to happen next. That came from... I was about nine 
And I went to my mum because my dad was very abusive towards me. And I said to mum, why is dad always nasty? Why is he always hitting me and attacking me? And she said, don't be ridiculous. He loves you. That night, I heard them in the kitchen talking. And my mum said to him, you need to stop treating her the way you are. And he said, well, how do I know she's my child? Because I was in the army when you fell pregnant. So about five years ago, I finally did a DNA test. He wasn't my father. And I found that my father is dead, my biological dad, and he was from England. So the trauma just kept going and going and going. And now I'm, I'm so pleased to say that I'm the happiest I've ever been. I think I finally have reached that point where I don't think there's anything that could make me feel the way I used to feel back then. You know, my trauma they bring is... You, they bring you joy now, Roz. What um, makes it brings a smile to your face outside of My that little dog. I have a beautiful little dash hound. She's 12 years old oh. and she's my world. Everything we do, we do together. She's a part of my practice. So when people come to see me, she's here. She welcomes them. She cuddles them. And they get on the ground and cuddle her. Um, I love to go out just to have a meal out every now and then. I love to read. But mostly I like to just relax and meditate and just take myself to wherever I want to go. Let's ask you some fun, fun questions. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be? Uh, (laughs) A red MG sports car. Oh, boy. Why? Because it's red, it's hot, it's quick, it's slick. Would you have a convertible? Would it be a convertible? I would. I'd love to have a convertible. I don't drive anymore. I've I've had an accident, so my whole right side is pinned and plated, and so I don't drive. But that would have been my dream car. Okay. Well, that's good. That doesn't mean that you can't uh, have a driver. (laughs) No, that's right. (laughs) If you were a client... If you were an appliance in the kitchen, what appliance would you be? Um, a toaster. Why? Because it's warm and it makes you feel good. It does. It absolutely does. If you had three wishes, what would they be? Oh, Lord. Um, I would wish to have an, a connection with my daughter again. Um, I wish for my son to live a very peaceful, happy, contented life, even after I'm gone to the afterlife. And thirdly, um, I'm actually going to succeed with my third wish. I'm leaving on Wednesday to go to Malaysia for a month. What are you going to do there? I'm going over there to visit the orphanage over there and also the temples and just really rejuvenate my batteries. Uh, is it a part of a retreat? Are you going with a group? No, just on my own. Oh, come on. Really? <laughs> yeah. How exciting. You planned it all out and mapped it all out and everything? I did. I did. I did it all myself. And um, I'm super excited. I can't wait. It's Wednesday afternoon I leave. So. Wow. Are you going to report yeah. back to us, please? You're going to take a lot of photographs and everything? You just I definitely will. <laughs> I'll email them to you. So helping a disadvantaged uh, third world country is 
very philanthropic of you. Um, it's, very it's something I wanted to do when I was teaching. And unfortunately, I had a spinal injury and I wasn't able to fulfill my dream. And that was back when I was about, uh, it was in 1994. And it's been a long journey since then, having to learn how to walk and have other surgeries, etc. But I'm at the point now where I'm able to fulfill that, that dream. And I think that's why I'm so excited because I've, I feel like I've come out of the darkness and now I'm heading right into the light. Well, I wish you the very best. Of course, I want you to be safe. Uh, again, get some, I don't, I don't think you can take Mace internationally, but you know, <laughs> a good one too, if you come across any anything that's adverse to what yeah. you want. But I know that you are going in the light, that God is going to be with you. It's going to guide your steps. You're going to be healthy. The food's going to be great. And you are going to make a massive impact on children's lives as well as your own. So bravo. Please tell my brains how to get in contact with you. They want to work with you. They want a copy of the book. Mm -hmm. So you can um, contact me on my website, which is tranquillitycounselingservices.com.au. You can email me on tranquility, number two, U for umbrella, number 25 at yahoo.com. Or you can ring me on WhatsApp on plus six one oh four three zero eight six four one double four brains did you get all that if you didn't i'm going to provide it for you at the back part of this as well as in the show notes rosalind thank you so much for peeling back the layers of your life sharing that with us it you are a woman of great resilience i hold you in high regard and esteem i ask that all the angels walk with you every day, bless your son, and also an opportunity to reconnect with your daughter. It's not over until it's over. Exactly. She will realize, you know, and you'll realize, and you'll come to yeah. that. Thank you yeah. so much. Brains, this has been a tearjerker. Okay. But it's Thank a you. story of resilience. Absolutely. I need you to go in, love, like, share, and subscribe. Love, like, share, and subscribe. We're on every place in the planet, every podcast. This is your favorite place. Roz is just an amazing woman. Go in, check her out. You can do a discovery call. You can find out what it is, especially if you're there in Australia. When she comes back from Malaysia, she'll probably want to work with you. <laughs> All right, Brains. Thank you so much. Have an amazing day.